0: How about that cigar? How about that cigar?
1: That <laughs> the quick version. It was.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Drew Estate Cigar Studios for episode number 84 of How About That Cigar Four. Live. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey guys, if you're with us on Facebook, if you're with us on YouTube, thanks again so much for being with us. Take just a minute, if you would, share us out to your favorite Facebook cigar groups and do all the things that you do on social media. Click the like button, click the subscribe button, mm-hmm. you know, follow so, mm-hmm. so you don't ever miss episodes in the future. We appreciate that. Um, and again, as always, we are here live in the Drew Estate Cigar Studios, and we're going to tell you about the Drew Estate Acid 20 Bronx Zillow. Bronx Zilla. In 2019, Drew Estate celebrated an important milestone with the global introduction of the Acid 20th anniversary. And now the Acid 20 Bronxzilla, an, ex- an Ecuadorian Connecticut shade offering that will be available exclusively through Alliance Cigar Company. Wrapped in a creamy, smooth Connecticut shade cover leaf mm. over Indonesian binder and rich Nicaraguan filler, Bronxilla is packed with bold flavor and aroma. Each 5x54 Robusto is blinged out in chrome foil and packed in 20 count boxes emblazoned Emblazen. with the Acid 20 logo. For more info, please visit trueestate.com and alliancecigars.com. Mm-hmm.
1: So again, episode mm-hmm.
0: 84. It's crazy. 84. I mean, honestly, every time the the number keeps going up and I I just it I can't believe it every time. It's it's awesome and it's because of you guys who Uh, watch and listen to the show. We appreciate it so much. Mm -hmm. Um, So good news for both our teams. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, um, I mean, the NFC, so as as everybody knows, Garrett's a big Vikings fan. I'm a big Packers fan. And uh, we both won. And the Bears have fallen apart. I thought, I Mm -hmm. mean, by like week four, I thought the Bears were kind of legit. And now they're just not.
1: No. You know, and I do have to give you know that front that front four is still you know pretty nasty. Um, having Hicks go down certainly hurts, but uh, you know I, I think I think it's going to be tough with uh, no offense. Clearly, it didn't matter if Nagy was you know calling plays or not, um, but they held the number one rushing back to under 100 yards on the ground which is big. Yeah. Um, so they can still stop the run but yeah I uh, I reached out to Risty and was like hey wanna throw down a little little something something bet? <laughs> He's like I don't bet on the
0: bears. <laughs> <laughs> you can't bet on the bears. Yeah. Um so I am excited because this coming weekend um the Green Bay Packers are playing the Indianapolis Colts in Indianapolis at Lucas Oil Stadium. And I will be there at the game live, um, driving all the way from Minnesota down to Indianapolis. Um, my brothers and I, two of us live here in Minnesota. One lives down in Indianapolis. Uh, and as luck would have it, two of us are Packers fans, two, uh, and one of us is a Colts fan. So we're going to watch. Uh... <laughs> Thank you. Love, love you, RISD. <laughs> We're gonna be uh, we're gonna be watching the game live from uh, Lucas mm-hmm. Oil Stadium, uh, unless sometime in the next four days they uh, they decide to not let fans in the stadium anymore. As of this morning, my check on NFL the NFL's website is that we're good to go. So we are getting so much love in the comments. I love all you the people. all the love all the love. It's Look at I can't I I can't take it. It's me it's, right here. You know, in some countries in, in some countries For... that word in some countries that word means I love you.
1: That's for so. Risty. Do we got? Do we got? Do we got? we got sound? Clap. Yeah, oh. we got. We got it. Can you hear that? Did you? Did okay, we you, got you, it. You, okay, good. We got it. That's
0: <laughs> That's for Risty. Who Risty is? Risty was actually our our first ever live guest on How About That Cigar. Well, not live. Our not first live. ever guest on an interview of How About That Cigar. That uh, let's just say, how do I put this delicately? Garrett screwed it up.
1: (laughs) I own it. I own it. There
0: were audio issues, so
1: (laughs) well, audio issues, video issues. I thought I was ready, and um, I gosh dang it, I failed. And so, but the 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 silver lining to all of this was this last year at Ristafari, listening to Risty, who by this time was like nine sheets to the wind. (laughs) This dude was gone telling the story of this, and he's like, Garrett's running around the room like a retard clapping. <laughs> I got gangsters calling me on my phone. It was going to be the best, and it was. It was, it was be a great
0: interview, honestly. The best it's, interview it's, ever. It's sad So
1: baller. That it's and it was lost. all gone. It's lost. So
0: We tried to even find the old footage, but it's gone. Don't know what happened. So, But that's Humble Beginnings of a yeah. show that now is at episode number 84. So
1: We've learned... We've We're grown. grateful
0: for all of it. Um, so let's uh, let's get right into it with our uh, special guests this evening. And as always, guys, special guests on How About That Cigar Live are brought to you by Corona Cigar Company and coronacigar.com, the Internet's largest and easiest-to-use virtual cigar store. Corona Cigar Company offers you the finest handmade cigars, humidors, and cigar accessories at the absolute lowest possible price. You'll also find unique and limited cigars containing Florida sun-grown tobacco. As a proud American... President and founder of Corona Cigar Company, Jeff borshowitz believed it was possible to bring cigar tobacco farming back to Florida. At Corona Cigar Company and coronacigar.com, you'll find the best selection anywhere in the world of cigars containing this special Florida sun-grown tobacco. If you live in Florida or are just visiting, be sure to visit any of the great Corona Cigar locations in downtown Orlando, Sand Lake, Lake Mary, and also the Davidoff of Geneva Lounge in Tampa. For more info please visit coronacigar.com and floridasungrown.com. So, guys, if you would please, without further ado, welcome for his second appearance on How About That Cigar Live from Southern Draw Cigars, Robert Holt. Welcome back to the show, brother. It's an
2: honor. Hey, good to see you guys. And deductive reasoning, if Risty was your first live guest, I'm your first dead guest. Here on episode eighty four, I am in a cryo freeze out of here. I feel like Han Solo.
0: <laughs> you in the car? You, you in the carbonite freeze? There, you said you said before we went live that it's like thirty four degrees there, so it's no, it's, it's brisk. It
2: it drops since then, and you know I'm not even smoking a cigar. I'm just making it look like it. And I'm, that's my breath, you know. <laughs> but good to be back, and congratulations, man. It's it's come a long way, right? Episode eighty four.
0: Yeah, it's it's phenomenal. We we love it. It's uh, you know, it's it's something that we're we're trying to grow and, you know, have, yeah. you know, we, we just have an absolute blast doing it and and uh, try to get a little better at it every week. Um, and we're grateful for people like you coming on the show and and telling your stories about your 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 brands and 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 your cigars, because that's that's what we love so much. And we know the people who watch and listen to the show. That's why they that's why they do, because they just love the story so much
1: hmm
2: Well, we're honored. We're always honored to be uh, uh able to fellowship and share time with every member of the media. And, you know, we've said this since our early humble beginnings ourselves, you know, that if it wasn't for the media embracing us and giving us opportunities to share stories and backstories, uh and uh our mission, uh, you know, Southern Draw wouldn't be where it is. So, you know, uh let me flip the script a little bit and say thank you for giving us that opportunity. It's uh it's
0: vital uh for what we do. Yeah, and I, I also said this before we went live and I've already smoked through a fair amount of it. Garrett and I have, uh, don't adjust your set. This is actually how big this cigar is. And and we're going to have Robert talk about that, um, in just a minute here, but also, you know, I have to say, um, at the kind of, kind of at the outset that, you know, this is a big deal for us as well, because this is the first time we're having you back on the show since we announced, then this goes back all the way to uh, uh, the very last day of 2019 when we announced that the uh, the Southern Draw Kudzu Lustrum was the number one cigar 2019 for uh, for how about that cigar? So you know we've said it before, but we'll say it again. Congratulations to you mm-hmm. and all the family at Southern Draw for uh, for making uh, you know making what you make and and putting together just really beautiful blends. And uh, you know for for anybody. Who's watching or listening? Who has not uh, not yet had that cigar? You know, look for it and, and find it if you can, because it is truly special.
2: Well, um, on behalf of the family, uh, you know, a, a big thank you. You know, we don't make cigars to be accepted or revered or win awards, but I tell you what: in a day and age uh, that has Steve Sokka and has Nick Malilo and has you know Skip and Michael at Romacraft. Uh, man, it's good to win every once in a while. Right. You know, those guys are everywhere and they're 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 doing the shows and they're putting things out and, you know, get all these wonderful accolades. And it's it's great for a, a little family brand like ours. that doesn't have the pedigree maybe that everybody else has to really be able to thank our family and our uh, and our partners for giving us access to what we have access to and to do what we do you know what we enjoy thoroughly and to share that and then ultimately uh you got to take the good and the bad when it comes to ratings and reviews and the feedback and ultimately we felt like that is at our anniversary cigar it was a representation of our first five years and uh it's something we were patient with and i tell you what you know i uh was reminded uh yesterday when i opened this beautiful package and Since you've got a big stick there, I've got a bigger (laughs) stick. Look at that, baby! Look at that! That is the big whipping stick right there, and that may be the finest trophy we've ever uh, received at Southern Draw for a cigar of the year or some, you know, great rating or review. But ultimately, look at that! And I'm here in the RV, so I got something to defend myself with as well. There you go, Hickory.
0: Well, that was uh, honestly, that's I got to give all that to Garrett, Garrett, because what we 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 talked about, are we going to do some kind of a plaque or, you know, just a memento for the companies who, you know, from year to year, whoever wins Cigar of the Year, are we going to do something? And Garrett said, yeah, let's do it. And we we said that we were going to talk about ideas, but we really never did. And then he came one one night for a show many months ago and he said. He said, what about a custom engraved baseball bat with, with the stuff on it? I said, I love it. Do it just, and, yeah. and Garrett put it all together and, and worked with a, a friend of his. And so we, we hope you enjoy that and, 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 uh, you know, just, uh, you know, congrats. congrats. Yeah.
2: Well, ther- we thoroughly enjoy it. It was, a it was, uh, it was, you know, when you get something that takes a lot of forethought and planning and. And, you know, it's great to get the plaques and great to get the little trophies and all that. We've enjoyed some of that uh, success, too. But, you know, this has a practical use, guys, you know, but but you had to go out of your way to think about something unique and special. And I think part of this industry is trying to think outside the box every once in a while, whether it's packaging design or shapes or sizes. Uh, or, or even promotions, but, you know, for swag, if you will. But in this case, that's, that whipping stick is probably the most clever idea I've seen. And, you know, like I said, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's it's timely, you know, any other, any other year right now, you know, we would be thinking <laughs> world series, right. We, you know, we would, we'd be thinking, you know, the sports were culminating right about now and it was perfect timing, although we had to kind of delay this year, but, you know, hopefully uh, in the future we'll be blessed. We'll win again and we'll, you know, we'll add to our bat collection. That would be something good.
0: Yeah. And and we w- we wouldn't even be a bit upset if you wrapped it with barbed wire and, and started slugging zombies with it. But yeah. We're all good
1: with that. Throw some nails through it.
0: <laughs> well, what I, what I find is zombies don't really
2: like the cold. So, uh, you know, as long as I sit out here like this, I don't even have to watch my back, you know, uh, I, uh, I, 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 I will probably put barbed wire on it, you know, just for, uh, uh in case she gets out of line, but, um, wait, she might be watching. I, I take that back. Yeah. I was thinking internally, I had internal dialogue, you know, my bad.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes those, those thoughts that are in there, just the ones that you mean to keep inside, they, they just slip right out.
2: I don't. I don't know too many people that don't have that little devil right there. You know, He's yeah.
1: right there. <laughs> and he removes the filter.
0: Yeah, he from takes, your mouth, he takes the filter out. So, yeah, um, Robert. Obviously, we we want to talk about. You know, there's some really cool stuff that you guys have going on, uh, going into you know the close of 2020 and pushing into 2021. You know uh, that that you guys are not sitting back and just uh, although. You know, COVID has been a big, kind of a, an obstacle for a lot of people. Um, for most of us, really, because we're all living in the same world and we've got to deal with the same restrictions that that everybody else does. But you guys have have not been, you know, just just lying around waiting for the world to come to you. You've been like like you always have, going out there and putting together new things and new ideas, and um, you know, just really trying to. Not only give your, your existing customers new stuff to smoke, but trying to, um, you know, attract and uh, give some interest to new customers. So um, so let's start right off the bat with this beautiful, big, um, Jacob's Ladder brimstone, uh, El Presidente, if I'm, I, I don't recall, I'm sorry, the exact name that you gave to the Vitola, but tell us about this big beast of a cigar.
2: Well, you know, it goes back to uh, uh, Ethan Jacob, our son, you know, which is the namesake of the original Jacob's Ladder cigar. And, you know, he he was uh, instrumental not only in the blend, but the particular sizes we've released to date. And I think he said it best during a trip, and it was probably in the month of November that he went some years ago to the factory, and he said, you know, Dad, it's a very aggressive-looking cigar for people that haven't smoked a tremendous amount, but I believe that in its boldness, it's still approachable, and we kind of stuck with that hashtag that it's bold but approachable, so the Jacob's Ladder has done very well. It was part of the, the release year uh, three years ago, along with the Rose of Sharon. that really changed the trajectory of Southern Draw. And when you take the heart of our business, which is Sharon, and the soul of our business, which is my son, and you put that together and you make that kind of the the, the forefront of your of your daily business and promotion, you realize good things happen. So um, a few years back, not knowing what our plans were for the long term, you know, he said to me, he says, you know, I love sitting on the patio having a Jacob's Ladder Gordo and I like having... Those single barrel, you know, small batch whiskeys that you get from some of your retail partners, which they always share with us. And I kind of bring those home to him and let him enjoy them on the patio. He said, but here's the problem. Um, I don't want to have to get up and go get another Jacob's Ladder, cut it and light it, because I think two Gordos is too much, but one's not enough. He said, what about a larger, a uh, longer cigar? And he goes, I think a 60 ring gauge is a little too much. And I, tell, you know, we started really thinking about what we had in our, you know, in our uh, 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 release window coming up. And, of course, this cigar, you know, was something that I kind of focused together with A.J. Fernandez and the team there. And I said, we're going to go with the largest traditional Cuban cigar mold, which is a Grand Corona. So this is a nine by 48 Uh, and several of the traditional Cuban brands that used the Grand Corona nicknamed it the Presidente, and so we stuck with that. It had nothing to do with the election year Um, this year. It had nothing to do with politics. It had to do with paying homage to the traditional molds, and this is actually how the cigar comes, if you'll allow me. That is a handmade cedar pataca or wooden cigar box, and that is... Produced there in Nicaragua, and there you see that bat again, nine by forty-eight. You know, this cigar should have came out uh, during the trade show this year, that of course was delayed, and then of course ultimately canceled for the year. Uh, but we couldn't sit on it any longer. Uh, we wanted to bring this to market. We wanted to, uh, you know, bring something unique and special to the Jacob's Ladder line. So this is the uh, the Brimstone blend. Uh, so Brimstone really is the double broadleaf, triple laharo version that we released last year in the Perfecto 656. What we did with this cigar is we did manipulate the Lajeros to go with a little smoother Lajero selection, not just the power of the Esteli Lajero. Uh, but the beauty of this cigar, I think, really happened with the delays in releasing the cigar. Leaving this in the aging room for six extra months allowed it to really bring a, a mellowing capability or more of a maturity, if you will. And what I found is this has become uh, the one cigar in the line that is my favorite, even probably more than the original Jacobs Lateral Lancero. So, you know, we brought this to market in the last couple of weeks. We were able to get some media kits out on that, um, but a nine by 48, a classic Grand Corona. And I think it just has the great, great profile for me. To this point, its uh, uh, ignition rate, its burn rate, its draw has been flawless for us, and most of the feedback uh, uh, that I've heard in the in the first couple of weeks of its uh, release out there has been extremely positive, and I hope you guys have the same experience.
1: What I got to tell you, um, out of the, you know, I don't know, maybe a couple dozen A's that I've ever smoked, this one started out with plenty of smoke output right to start right right off the foot yeah uh, and you know typically I'm like okay it's an a or you know it's a big cigar I gotta smoke it a while before I get into some flavors and some good smoke output right away so right off the bat Robert mm-hmm. fantastic job uh, constructing a cigar that and it's not this you know loose you um, perfect draw yeah
0: it's not a it's not a loose draw it's not underpacked. it's yeah. not it's not burning too fast it's i mean it's for and, and like garrett said it is and a lot of our viewers probably have the same thing where when you smoke a, a long you know a nine inch long cigar um what, I, more so when it's a maybe a, a double perfecto or 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 has a you know a nipple foot to it but but even even just a Parejo nine inch long cigar, you typically need to puff on it for a you know a good half inch or so before the smoke output really starts to make its way through all those channels. But this, like Garrett said, right away, your first few puffs all the way to the ends, um, which we're still what quite a ways from the end, but it it's you get you get those flavors, you get the smoke output right away. And it is no slouch. I mean, this, for those of you who haven't tried the uh, the brimstone, it is no slouch. If you are uh, if if you are uh, you know somebody who is experienced as a cigar smoker, you know this is one of those cigars that is just so powerful in its flavor profile in in the the in the mixture of, of spices and a little hints of sweetness from broadleaf and things like that. So it's, uh, I highly recommend that you guys reach out for the cigar and especially Robert for a cigar like this, you know, uh, it, packaged in a Pataka like that is that gorgeous, you know, painted box that each one comes individually presented in. It's a special cigar, you know, that, that if you're going to take the time to smoke a cigar this size, it's going to be, you, you'll want to actually, set that time aside whether it's for a special occasion or for who knows what it is and um you know i i applaud you know this release i i think it's i I think it's a killer
1: Mm -hmm.
2: i
0: thank you and and the family thanks you and i and i tell you i tend to
2: agree that the pataka concept you know when we would go back to the origin of jacob's ladder and the rose of sharon we originally released those in the Toro and two-count patacas just to test the market to really see if there was a market for those lining or for those new core blends that we had planned for years. And the response was obviously very positive and very strong, and we've been able to grow those lines aggressively. But, you know, I think one of the key points you just made is if you're going to select this cigar, to give this cigar uh, the attention that it needs, you do need to set aside the time. If you don't have two hours consecutively, don't do it. It's. I don't think it's doing it justice if you're going to smoke a third or a quarter or a half and put it down and come back later, or whether you purge it or you don't purge it. Um, really, set aside the time to enjoy the cigar because the transitions in, in this Grand Corona is really something special. Um, the people that made it, I promise you, they didn't put it aside and then come back later and finish putting the wrapper or the cap on it. They, they did it all at one time um, and, and we didn't take it out of the aging room and leave it out and go. Well, you know, I don't think we're ready to release it. Let's put it back in the aging room. Everything about this cigar was management of time and a commitment that was made by the people that made it for you. And ultimately, if you make the commitment to enjoy that at, at its optimal, you know, experience, I, I think everybody's going to be happy with it. And the box really was, uh, when you go into the box factory and you look at packaging options moving forward, and we do something this special, this unique, um, I think it needed something more special. So the amount of time that it took the bunchers and rollers to make that cigar, we also took that over to the box factory and said, let's find something that takes more time, more resources, and is a special presentation. So uh, most people probably haven't seen this yet, but the patakas come in five patakas and in a display tray so this is how they go out to our retailers right there boom and you know when you remove all five of these patakas from that the display tray actually doubles as an accessory tray so that if you buy it as a consumer we've already had a, a number of consumers that have bought the five packs right so this really is meant to be kind of a, a catch-all for your lighters and your cutters and your fluid, your purge tools, bleed tools, you know, whatever. A lot of people have multiple cutters, but really something that will sit there that's just simple, uh, not to take away from the presentation of the Pataka. But this little tray was the idea of the box factor to say, let's not just sell the Patakas. Let's let's give them something that will be functional after the fact. And if you're a retailer and you sell individual patakas, you can continue to refill it. But, you know, that little tray, it just makes a nice little display. You know, uh, it's kind of the same colors as the brimstone band, the Jacob's Ladder Blue, the gold uh, cliches, and, of course, the white accents. So, you know, I think they did a phenomenal job. And I'm proud of what they did in a a year that was really tough to bring new things to the market and unique things to the market. And we just couldn't be prouder of the work that they what they did, how this came out.
0: That's beautiful. Uh, We got actually a great question from one of our viewers here looking for a recommendation. So Chad wants to know what kind of beer do you think pairs uh, with this stick, with this uh, Jacob's Ladder Brimstone?
2: Well, that's a great question. And I'm probably a good guy to ask. We probably should ask Robbie Rasmussen, but, uh, you know, but we're going to ask Robert Holt. uh, But... uh, you know, This time of the year, the October, November, December release, especially in the craft beer market, I'm going to tell you, is, is the finest time of the year as the Stouts and the Porters come out, uh, the barrel age. But I'm going to give you two. Uh, the first is going to be the first ever uh, release to the retailers of the Yingling Hershey's Ooh. Chocolate Porter. So most and and they've opened that to distribution across the country in most places in the last month or so. So it is a chocolate porter that is finished uh, with uh, Hershey's, which are both classic Pennsylvania companies that go back, you know, 100 plus years. Uh, It is a smooth. It's not overly sweet. Believe me, as a porter, it's a much lighter porter than one would think. It's very approachable, but it's a perfect uh, complement to this. Uh, but the other thing I would say is really look at your favorite uh, uh, Kentucky barrel aged or barrel aged uh, stout. The KBS is a really good uh, selection. Again, I think uh, the Kudzu is a great uh, pairing uh, product with those uh, Kentucky barrel aged. But in this case, I think the mellowing or the maturity of this cigar in the aging room allows it to kind of open itself up to it, to really uh, uh, enjoying some of those more complex, more depth of flavors that uh, come out in the stouts and the porters of this year, but hey, look at your local market, support your local uh, brewers, and, and it, that's really on the beer side. Um, if you're going to get into the whiskey side, I tell you what, I'm, I'm uh, I, again, I'm a big four roses proponent, but a, a small batch four roses, I usually go with the desert rose type solution, but it's actually more of a uh, 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 it's, it's not really as complimentary as one would think, it's more contrasting. But those vanillas and those caramels and those mellow notes of that uh, Four Roses really allows the sweetness of the of the broadleaf. But really, it, it does not disguise the, the power of those Lajeros and allows more of that greasy, meaty, fatty smokiness to come out like you're sitting next to the barbecue grill in this cigar. So it's kind of a nice yin and yang, if you will, with a, a much uh, a mellower, more complex, more depth, more legs, more viscosity of a nice single barrel like a Four Roses
0: yeah, mm. that's that's a great recommendation, mm-hmm. and I. So when it comes to, I, I know there are a few a few people. It's not really common, but there are some people who like to who like to eat while they smoke. Mm-hmm. I'm not one of those people, but what I will do from time to time is um, is I'll have I'll, I'll have chocolate or or something like that when I'm when I'm having a cigar, especially and with with a cigar like this. Um, you know having having a few squares of a really high quality super dark chocolate nearby and just i and with a cigar this long i mean every you know 20 minutes or so just reach over and and, and have a have a bite of really good dark chocolate while you're smoking the cigar and it's just going to bring out you know that that contrast even more you mm-hmm. know where you'll get the you'll you'll get the uh you know the dark cocoa notes and then you'll mix that with the spice and the lajao and all that and i think uh, this would be a good cigar to have chocolate nearby with.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Without question. I, I think the the uh, other side of that
2: recommendation with dark chocolate is there's people that this nicotine will affect the power of that. And uh, when you get into blood sugars, I've already had a couple of customers to man, I got head. I had to lay down, blah, blah, blah. I tell you what. The dark chocolate is a great way to offset those uh, physiological effects as well, not just the, the experience on the palate, uh, and really opening up some notes that you probably wouldn't get without the chocolate. But I think it'll 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 uh, increase your ability to smoke the cigar to uh, to uh, its completion if you put a little sugar in your body as well.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah,
2: that's a great point.
1: Uh, real quick, before we go off of this cigar, what is the MSRP on this?
2: The MSRP is fifteen dollars. Fifteen dollars. <laughs> And, and and again, not unlike other Southern Draw, we did it at the lowest common denominator possible to stay within the Southern Draw mantra of do the best we can and sell it for the fairest price possible. I mean, with the Patakas itself, it really doubles the cost of the production of the cigar. But you know, it doesn't. It, we're not making more money on it because it's a bigger cigar by any means. It's a it's a very fair price. It, you know, if, if I'd have called my brother Steve Saka, I, I would have probably put you know thirty nine dollars on it. and Probably been okay. <laughs> But uh, but no, and, and, and God bless him. You could sell a, a unicorn for a hundred bucks. I know what he puts into those. And they, I mean, he's doing the right thing. And people that want to have the experience when they pay for it, they're going to truly enjoy that cigar and they're going to get their money's worth. I've never heard a complaint about people spending a hundred dollars on his cigar. However, um, however, I don't think uh, our brand could sustain such a, such a price point. It's not really, it's not really how we do things. Uh, it would be great, you know if if uh, if you had a much higher return, but fifteen dollars makes it approachable not only for the retailers to put it on them shelves, but it allow the consumer to buy the five pack display versus a single coffin, if you will. you know, I think yeah. it lets them share them with other people, which is the whole point of the cigar
0: this that is astounding it I'm, is not, I'm not gonna lie that, that price point is astounding and it like you said, this this In my mind, that now opens this up as the special occasion cigar for a lot of people who aren't going to go out and spend $30 on a Davidoff or Mm -hmm. aren't going to go out and spend $30 on a a Lost City or or, or something mm -hmm. like that. And again, those are great cigars, not taking anything away from those cigars. But to have a cigar like this where, you know... The guys, you know, after they finish a big project or something can sit around a fire smoking these literally for hours and just talk and reflect and, you know, uh, just enjoy for for at least two hours in a in a presentation that that rivals Anybody that I can think of, you know, for, for from a sh- shelf presentation, no doubt.
1: And not only that, but as we're approaching holiday season for you know many of us, what a great gift idea! Yeah. And it's not going to break the bank for you, you know, to to grab a box of these and uh, hand these out and give these to, you know, uh, you know people in your life that are cigar smokers. Great presentation. And as somebody said in the comments, $15 cigar that smokes like a $30 cigar.
0: Yeah, Joe D. Yeah, absolutely, totally, totally right, Joe.
2: Yeah, and, totally. and I appreciate it. I, I tell you what, you know, the trays come celloed so you can... You, you know they and of course the cigars are selling out as well but you know i can imagine a, a lot of folks buying a, a five pack from their local retailer throwing a little gold ribbon putting it on the fireplace putting it in the stocking if you' are still up to those traditions putting it under putting it on the desk of one of your business partners or loved ones and just say yeah. thanks because it really lends itself to 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 a presentation that looks like it's, it, it is something special, and it's a celebration of a lot of people's commitment to an art form that we've all grown to love and enjoy. And this kind of just takes it to another level for me. I, I'm just proud of the, the folks that really came through, and they did it without little oversight. Typically, I'm in the factories a lot, right? But this year, obviously, limited that. But when it came in, I thought, I'm going to have to make some observations some changes before they ship us another batch. And it wasn't the case. They, they did it perfectly.
1: Well, it's another example of um, your commitment to this industry and uh, your honesty as a businessman. Because, like, you know, everybody has said, it's a great price point. You know, we can't believe, if if I was to guess, I would have been $25 plus, yeah. you know, on this. Not only, you know, for the cigar, the size, but the packaging and everything else that comes into it. There's cost involved there, and there should be. $15. I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. I can't good on you guys for making a, a fantastic product. And, um, yeah. Well, That's I all. Wanna,
2: if I may, I'll say two things of, of, influences on our brand and our business model. Uh, first of which, you know, I went to AJ many years ago. Most people know that if it has a Southern Draw band on it, it was produced at one of the A.J. Fernandez factories uh, through our relationship there. Uh, but I went to A.J. so many years ago when he first released the uh, San Latano Habano Requiem, the uh, beautiful Habano, mm-hmm. which I still think is one of the, the best cigars for the price point. And I said to him, I said, if you can produce that cigar for the, and sell it for that price, that is as fair as I've ever seen in the marketplace for a guy that loves cigars, that, that buys as many as I do. And that's number one that I want to observe. And then I flip that over to our friends across Austin, Texas, there at Romacraft and Skip and Michael. And I look at what they've done over the years, and not just their loyal fans and their and their and their weasels, if you will. But when you look at their body of work and the fair price that they put out, um, because they own their own factory, they have efficiencies that I will never enjoy. Uh, but I learned a valuable lesson that is. Don't sell it for more because you can. Let's put a fair price on everything and let's, you know, avoid, you know, raising prices unless we just absolutely have to, because there are, you know, price increases uh, uh, of raw materials and, and and labor over the years. But we learned a valuable lesson by watching RomaCraft and then and Skip sharing his desire to keep every cigar in this certain price point to make it approachable to all of his retailers. Because it's not just the consumers paying the end price, it's the retailers going to have this much space that turns this many products. How many facings am going to give to Southern Draw? And if you haven't watched RomaCraft retailers, then people really wouldn't understand that most RomaCraft retailers carry every cigar that they make yeah that's a lesson learned because they're all fairly priced
0: right mm-hmm. right so um there's other great new stuff that that i want to have you tell us about too so right here um I, guys i'm holding up the new rose of sharon desert rose lonsdale so uh i'm not gonna lie robert i <laughs> ab well i absolutely loved the desert Rose that uh, that was newly released last year in that that box press bellicoso this when I heard about this size this is my this is my wheelhouse for you know 44 ring gauge uh, pigtail I mean this is my wheelhouse and also I've been on this big Connecticut Renaissance for the last year or so where I've just been smoking as many Connecticut shade cigars as I could uh, and there are some really phenomenal ones coming out and I did Smoke one of these a few days ago, uh, in preparation for this interview, mm-hmm. and uh, tell us about this new iteration of the the Desert Rose because I I really dig it.
2: Well, I think again, most people that follow me over the years or the brand, they realize that 40 to 46 ring gauge is my wheelhouse. It's what no matter who the the factory or the producer or the blender is, I typically enjoy those classic thin ring gauge cigars and I've, I've smoked them for many years. Now, the problem is when you're coming out with a brand, we had to make a decision and our decision was the core blend should begin with Robusto Toro Gordo, the three top selling sizes for most retailers. And it's, yeah. it's, it's allowed us to, to get a breadth of our offering across the country. Uh, but the joy in my life really comes around Lancero's and Lonsdale's Colonialist, you know, some of these smaller form factors. Uh, but the desert rose, Um, last year was really an extension obviously of the Rose of Sharon line typically when we do release a Bellicoso it's a celebratory cigar as i.e. The Cedrus, some years back celebrating Phil and Shelley Hogan's 20 years of commitment to our family and our businesses and his retirement with the Navy and really highlighting the, the, the Bellicoso first, the Lustrum that you uh, made the number one cigar of the year in 2019. Again, thank you for that. That had aggressive aging and postural aging that was second to none for us. It was an anniversary series. So, you know, the Bellicoso uh, Desert Rose was kind of our introduction of a refined, heartier version of the Rose. Rose is a little different wrapper with some more body, a little different uh, uh, ratio in the Lajero where we added a Corojo 99 Lajero to the Piloto Cubano that the original Rose has. It was a hit. So to your point, the Desert Rose Bellicoso is now a full production cigar in 20 count boxes and bundles. So that's how successful that project was last year as we celebrated our anniversary. Now, let's get back to the root of it. Lonsdales are absolutely beautiful, but you can't really lead with those into the retail market because you have to have a product that has a demand for it before you start introducing these specialized sizes. Right. It's a value proposition. Uh, But the Desert Rose Lonsdale. Uh, note that it's the first round format Rose of Sharon we've ever released on the marketplace. We did test it in 44, 46, and 42 ring gauges. We did test it anywhere from six, six and a half, six and three quarters, which we, we smoked that cigar in round semi box pressed or soft box pressed and complete full box pressed. And in the end, um, the consensus was within the family that the round six by 44 was the perfect Batola uh, to release, uh, really get to enjoy the the heavy the heavier or hardier version of that wrapper. And I'll tell you right now, the box design on that, some, some of the media, you guys got the boxes, some got bundles because we didn't have all the boxes in yet. Uh, that's the first uh, third-party box design where we worked with a design firm. It's a phenomenal box. It's a 12-count box. Uh, again, a, do- a dozen roses, if you will. Uh, but uh, I can tell you right now, it's the one cigar I have none of because I would smoke four or five or six of those a day. I, I find that that mm-hmm. is a perfect cigar, and I'm not belittling all the work for all the other Connecticut and hybrids that have been coming out. Obviously, Socket's been getting a lot of love with this uh, Brulee, uh, the Blue, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you know, obviously Hoyt and Nicaragua with their Uno series as well. You know, Nick's done some great things uh, with this High Clear line as well. Um, but I will tell you right now, I would put the Desert Rose Lonsdale up against any cigar in the world and feel very proud about our submission to the pie competition, right? I, I think that, you know, the barbecue competition, chili cook-off, whatever it is, I would put that cigar as a well-rounded offering uh, on the tables for any judges to smoke. And I think uh, people will be excited to, to enjoy that.
0: Well, that was, a great, that was a great point that you made about releasing the the, the primary Vitolas first um, mm. that, that we don't think about a lot of us, you know, as consumers um, you know, and every consumer, you know, has kind of their own likes and dislikes, but for the most part, across the broad spectrum, the cigars that sell are Robusto Toro Gorda, like, like you said. So um, for, you know, for those of us who are always wondering to ourselves, where's, you know, where's the Corona Gorda? Where's the Lonsdale? Where's the Lancero? They're, you know there it makes sense you know when you put it that way that they they're in the hopper but to establish the brand first to establish that that blend first in in with your customers and it, with the retailers makes so much sense and, and then to release the so-called that I the term I use is the cigar nerd vitolas you know the those yeah. classic Cuban vitolas like the Lonsdale um, and in my opinion, in, across the spectrum, really, of most cigar brands and blends, once, once these, these classic types of Vitolas hit, they tend to be, at least for my palate, they tend to be the best of the bunch because I've, I personally think blends work so well. In, and it, it, it might be a muscle memory thing for me where I'm so used to smoking, you know, the 44 and the 46 ring gauge cigars that, you know, maybe it's a comfort thing for me but um for for me they almost always tend to be higher on the uh the enjoyment list uh just because it's a like i said it's a vitola i enjoy
2: i agree a hundred percent and and for the record since we're talking about the desert rose the rose of sharon is its own line the desert rose is its own line now it is not part of the rose of sharon it is a unique variation A unique interpretation of that original Rosa Sharon using some very significantly different components to make it. So, what we won't do is we won't cross over with the Desert Rose and make the that the Rosa Sharon has been selling in for all these years. So, the traditional Robusto Toro Gordo Lancero, uh, 6x56 Perfecto, those are reserved for the Rosa Sharon blend. And the Desert Rose, as you've seen, the Bellicoso, now the Lonsdale, we did an exclusive for Famous uh, recently in a round format uh, Toro that's just theirs. Um, but uh, you'll see the Desert Rose a unique, unique blend in itself, and we'll you'll see that continue to grow, much like the President you are smoking now. You'll see that line grow on its own legs because the retailers have given us enough feedback, the media has given us enough feedback, the consumers have given us enough feedback to have confidence that you know what we projected you know seven or eight years ago to be these these lines and these vitolas. We realize now that those particular blends are able to stand on their own two feet and come out, you know in unique and different formats much like you you have there which is the lonsdale
0: yeah so going back now to the the box press bellicoso there's also the beautiful new uh firethorn augusta so let's uh i mean i'll say also i smoked one of these a couple days ago and very very good cigar really enjoyed it a lot so tell us uh tell us about this new beauty well, two
2: things. Uh, again, the Firethorn and the Kudzu were the two original blends by Southern Draw. Of course, we celebrate our anniversary with the aforementioned uh, Lustrum last year uh, with that tiempo wrapper and tremendous amount of age. Well, at the same time, nestled up in the aging room were the cigars that you have in your hand there, the Firethorn Augusta. Um, so, you know, we have released Robusto Toro Gordo, Two Perfectos, and Lancero in that blend over the last six years. Now... Um, we've always wanted to save the Bellicoso for the last because we wanted to celebrate something very important to our family, and uh, for those consumers that are watching that haven't read any of the press releases, um, you know, Firethorn is named for the 15th hole at Augusta National Golf Worst. Of course, we had the, 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 the Masters Tournament last week there in Augusta. Uh, congratulations to Dustin Johnson for an incredible performance there. Uh, but it really celebrates 50 years of military service in Augusta at Fort Gordon, originally Camp Gordon in Augusta, Georgia, not just myself and my father and my uncles and brothers and sisters. We have 50 years of military service in that community, and we kind of wanted to, to, to uh, not only go back to the original backstory of the Firethorn, which is the 15th old Augusta National. Um, I had the opportunity to serve together with someone and my command that also served with my father during the Vietnam era. So we wanted to pay some homage to him and his influences on our family for the last almost 50 years now, and he didn't want his name mentioned. So ultimately, uh, the Firethorn, his favorite hole, uh, the place where his uh, military retirement took place there in Augusta, Georgia, kind of uh, uh, was the in- the inspiration or the influence of this. And again, this is a cigar that has tremendous amount of post roll aging the Habano Rosado, the San Andreas, is is the same as all of the other Fire Thorns. Um, the uh, the uh, Pueblo Nuevo tobacco there in the uh, uh, filler combination is actually a much higher ratio. It has to me a much more uh, refined palate than the original Firethorn, Thorn, which we call our sweet and spicy. The Habano Rosado having a little touch of sweetness. The San Andreas having that deep, rich, you know, kind of uh, Mexican chocolate, dry chocolate kind of flavor with a little bit of power, but very clean on the palate. But I think with the aging of this cigar, it becomes a very mature cigar, a very refined cigar. And I think it's a great celebration of a Rosado, a very thin temperamental wrapper that was able to be box pressed in an age. And ultimately, uh, you know, we try to do one Bellicoso a year. And this year, the big winner was going back to the original Firethorn blend. And we were happy to bring that out on onto the market. And uh, our friends at Cigars International put it in all their stores and all their distribution channels uh, here at late in the year, which was tough uh, to get it out. But uh, we we have high hopes that so we think that that too will be a cigar that we'll see in full production in boxes and bundles in the future.
0: Yeah, uh, that, and that's great. And how weird is it, by the way, that you you just mentioned that the the masters just concluded and the masters just concluded in November? That, so. I mean, it's just another. Thing to you know, throw in the the long list of weird stuff in twenty twenty that the Masters was in November.
2: You know, uh, it, it was it was odd, and I think uh, you know maybe even the viewership was affected by that because it's just not spring, right? But here is what I liked about it. What I liked about it is when the Masters is played in the spring, it's in bloom. Uh, it's in its it's in its uh, it's it's in its stage of color, and the azaleas and everything are just blooming and they're beautiful, and it, it detracts from the most important thing. The one thing about py- uh, firethorn or pyracantha is those little red and orange little berries and thorns really become prominent in the fall when you get the camera close up because they don't bloom. They, they yeah. stay the same all year round. And, and ultimately they really, in me, when I got to see the little bit of footage I saw in the 15th hole, which was a defining hole for the tournament uh, in that being that big par five, uh, you know, as you're going into the you know the the, the final holes of the tournament, the, the Firethorn stood out, which is what it should have done. So I actually appreciated it, it was in November and, and and again not in the not in the springtime.
0: Yeah, I agree. It was cool to see that course in in a different light in a different season because uh, it it's uh, it really looks like a different tournament. Uh, and I'm sure it was that way for the players too, but it really looked like a different. And I don't. I'm not going to get off on the golf tangent, but it really was kind of cool to see it in 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 the late fall, um, and how different that tournament was this year.
2: Yeah, so, without w- without the thousands and thousands of people of trampling around and detracting oh, and making wow. noise, I think you got to see the the course for the first time as a viewer in the eyes of a member that went out to play. On the weekend, and went out to play Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday with their buddies that are also members, right? I think you get to see it in its in its in its true state uh, that uh, that a member that worked hard to become a member there, that is honored to be a member there, uh, gets to play that. And we didn't get to we didn't have to see it with everything trampled and kind of run over and and you know loud, and boisterous. I, I know it's golf, but that many people have to detract from the beauty of what it really stands for, which is why. That cigar to us is important because it really captures that essence and that that personality of Augusta, Georgia.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, besides the ones we've mentioned so far, what else do you guys have uh, that's that's coming to market, uh, or what other projects do you have that are that are in the works right now?
2: <laughs> we've got a lot uh, of projects, of course, but let's talk about this year. You know, uh, the fall release 2020, you know, unfortunately, we didn't get to have our trade shows and major sales events where the family and friends and media and consumers all got to come together, retailers. Uh, The Jacob's Ladder Presidente we've talked about, but I would be remiss if I didn't mention, we released the Jacob's Ladder Oblivion in a 5x58 Perfecto together with Cigar Federation uh, at the same time, and it's the only place you can get that. It is full body, full flavor, plus, 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 rip your face off. 510 20 count. Uh, That's a unique little firecracker of a 5x58 Perfecto. The Desert Rose, yes, the Lonsdale is our full production release. We're excited, but we got to do the first famous Exclusivo in the Toro round format, a phenomenal cigar, which only you can get there. We released three new fraternal orders for Cigars International, not just for retail, but also for all their channels. We released a fraternal order black San Andreas 7.1x58 Solomon. Powerful, beautiful, rich chocolatey Mexican San Andreas there. And uh, we released the new Fraternal Order White, which is a double Copa barber pole seven and a half by forty. Lancero, absolutely beautiful cigar. And then we released a new hundred percent Corojo blend known as the Fraternal Order Blue that really captures the the what I think is the the emergence of Corojo. 99 back into Nicaragua not just Honduras in this case it really captures some beautiful Nicaraguan grown Corojo that has some unique profiles and uh, uh, smoking experience I think above you know what we've seen the traditional Honduran Corojo coming out of the Aurora family uh, coming out of uh, what Oscar's doing coming out of what uh, even uh, Rocky has done there that we've all celebrated but it's a great interpretation of our Corojo Um, and of course the Augusta there and then uh, what we have uh, here in in December, and and again, this might change af- after what's happened in the last twenty four hours in Nicaragua. But we do have uh, a a planned release of a new core blend by Southern Draw. Uh, we did a little quick social media uh, uh, kind of contest here a couple of weeks ago, but we've selected ten of our retailers to be the only ten retailers in December that will get the new core blend by Southern Draw. It'll be a very refined uh, a little. Higher price point, but it's something we've worked on for many years together with AJ Fernandez and the and the team there. Uh, But we've got a a unique core blend that's going to kick off a new line of core cigars for Southern Draw uh, that are going to be known as the the Silver Line. So to date, the Rosa Sharon. The Fire and the Kudzu, the Cedrus and the Jacob's Ladder are the gold series. Those are the five core blends of Southern Draw. We've, we know a lot about them. We've shared a lot of those. Um, but you'll note that each one of those have the gold embossing on all the rings from uh, cigar rings, if you will. But now we're going to move into a more refined. Hopefully, we're getting better at what we do. We're getting better at our process, our aging, our fermentation, our postural aging. Uh, fermentation is, is key to these new cigars, but they're going to come out in 10-count boxes. Uh, but still shelf-friendly uh, for the retailers, a little higher price point, but it's going to be well worth it, we believe. And, you know, here in the next couple of weeks, uh, depending on what the natural disasters are going on in Nicaragua and Honduras right now, if we're going to get those cigars out in time here in about two weeks, uh, the media will see uh, the first media kits coming out for this new release that we held off, you know, half the year, a little bit longer than we thought. But uh, it's a line that we're going to extend next year aggressively, but we're going to start with one size, Ten count boxes, and we have seven small retailers across the country, and three very large ones that were the first ten to commit sight unseen. They don't know what the blend is, they don't know what the packaging is, they don't know what the price point is. But sight unseen, they all agreed to uh, uh, bring these new cigars to market together with us in the media.
0: Nice, and that's that's a great thing that, mm-hmm. that and that's that's another example of the relationships that you've built with your retail partners is. You know, for them to say yes to a product they haven't seen or sampled, that's a big deal. So you should you you should you know be uh, be proud and happy about that.
2: It was scary, right? But you know, I sat out one morning and I was having coffee and a cigar, and I thought, you know, we're doing exclusives, and they take a long time to plan and to execute. and And we've opened our exclusives to all of our retail partners as long as they're in good standing, they support our core brands. We try to. Uh, them into the future releases that we already have planned we don't because of the FDA we don't just go out and create new things and bring it to market and risk that it, we're not gonna be able to sell it in the future we're really particular about what we're doing but this was our first opportunity to just kind of share it sight unseen I did take a picture of a cigar without the, showing the bands and the brand and all that or disclosing any of the blend information I was like you know if you're interested just shoot us a message so we had 10 commitments and about 50 backups in less than 24 hours. And uh, for a small brand to say that kind of faith and trust that they they believe in us enough that they're re- willing to write a check of the size that they're going to have to write to be the first 10. Uh, but it also lets us and the media really focus on those 10 to make sure the consumers get them in time for the holidays if it all works out the way we have planned without having to get the brokers and the reps to try to distribute it all across the country in the month of December in the middle of COVID. It's very tough. So they're helping us and we hope we're giving them something exciting to share and something new and they feel like that they're part of our growth and and, and the success that they've provided for us.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, that's awesome. So, we did uh, um, talk a little bit before we went live, and um, I want to, you know, want to have you share as much as you're comfortable sharing about, it. like you mentioned a minute ago, that um, Nicaragua is kind of going through some stuff right now, uh, pretty severe stuff when it comes to weather, and it's going to affect the people who, um, you know, rely on the on the cigar industry. You know, these people who live. Uh, live in Nicaragua and and other areas in Central America as well. Uh, So tell us a little bit, uh, again, as much as you want to share about uh, what you learned about what's going on down there.
2: Well, a couple of things. Obviously, if if people haven't paid attention, a Hurricane Etta hit uh, Central America just about 10 days ago. uh, And I think Honduras took the brunt of that. I saw some very graphic images and videos come from uh, Oscar (laughs) Valderas Uh, him and Island Jim, but I also understand from the Arroyo family and others that uh, operate there in, in Honduras that the floods and the rain uh, was devastating to a lot of the farms, factory homes and communities there and you know that's that's number one that really put this on my mind. and then of course 10 days later we have another hurricane that comes uh, comes ashore uh, in Nicaragua category 4 category 5. And uh, as we prepared for this show tonight, I happened to see a few graphic uh, videos from Frank Santos over at AJ Fernandez. And most people know that AJ Fernandez has been our partner from day one. Um, these people are our family. We rely on them. We've worked for them. Um, they've, they've treated us uh, probably uh, uh, as, as much of their family as, as, as our own families have. And, and uh, I saw some very devastating images of floods uh, I understand there's a lot of loss of homes and uh, quite honestly, there'll be losses of life and, and, and opportunities because I'm seeing entire farms and, and probably factories are in the next few days. We're going to see Esteli, uh, particularly that region. Uh, is going to start reporting a lot of damage, a lot of loss, loss of uh, uh, you know life and, and, and property and, and resources. And we're all going to have to come together. Uh, this is not the kind of place where we can just sweep it under the rug and say our thoughts and prayers uh, of course, thoughts and prayers are important. It's powerful to pray, but um, we're going to reach out to uh, Frank and AJ and Freddie at the factory. We're going to reach out to the other people in the community. I'm sure Saka and Skip over at uh, sueno we We're going to try to find uh, a common ground. I think historically, we believe that the Red Cross in Nicaragua uh, is the first responders for most uh, disasters and for wrecks and things of emergency needs. And we hope uh, through our relationship, we're going to reach out to Jaime at uh, Scandinavian Tobacco because he's a big proponent, big supporter of the Red Cross there in Astalee. We've visited with them many times and we understand their plight, but I think it's going to be um, more of a demand on them than they've ever encountered. And I think it's going to take all of us in this community to find a way to not just nod our head and say we're here to help, but we're going to really have to help. So I'm going to rely on People on the ground there to try to help us coordinate with the Red Cross and other places there in Nicaragua uh, to get financial resources, to get uh, you know food, shelter, clothing, water, anything we can do, and if we have people that are displaced, to try to find them a place to uh, to shelter. Uh, it, it, this could be a long-term effect. We think I think just from what I've seen that it's got to be more devastating than I could have uh, uh, could have imagined uh, two hours ago. Um, so. I'm not looking forward to the sun coming up and seeing more and more images, but we we need to all kind of pay attention. I'm going to ask you as members of the media to share those images uh, and, and some of these uh, abilities for us to, to all come together. And no matter how little or big you can donate or support, everything's going to matter. And for once, People are going to understand that everything matters. Many of us have been through natural disasters and hurricanes and tornadoes and earthquakes and those things in this country. But when it hits a third world developing country where people have little to begin with, uh, it could be generational. And I'm, I'm hoping that you know we'll we'll find a way to make a measurable, quantifiable uh, uh, level of support for these people because it's uh, uh, and right now we can't go there. We can't fly there. This had it all on lockdown. It's going to be tough to get resources, but we're going to find a way to get resources and support and help into those communities. We have to, uh, or what we're doing tonight uh, is all for naught because this is what it's all about. These are the humble people that need our help. And, uh, you know, we're going to appeal and we're going to appeal aggressively to everybody in this community that has celebrated, right? We get to share cigars, we get to share ratings, reviews, pairings we get to talk about a lot of great things, but the most important topic of the night really is what can we do to help these people and help them quickly. And uh, I appreciate you giving me a moment to do that because it, it appears to be quite devastating. And uh, I'm sure we're going to get more reports from people on the ground there tomorrow.
1: Yeah. And this goes way beyond our hobby or love of cigars or um, uh, the privilege that we have to enjoy this product. This is the livelihood of uh, many people. And um, so please pray, but also continue to watch media and ways that you can get involved and help. And uh, we'll try and provide as much um, coverage and ways to do that as possible.
0: Yeah. And there's, you know, it's just, whether whether it's us at How About That Cigar, whether it's Half Wheel, whether it's Cigar Coop, whether it's developing palettes, blind man's puff, any of the dojo, media, orga- yeah. yeah, dojo, any of the media organizations that are out there with cigars, you're going to be seeing a lot of information come out about this. And there's also people like Robert Holt, people like Skip Mark Martin, people like Steve Saka, and the list goes on and on and on of people who are deeply involved in the cigar industry. P- AJ Fernandez and the Aroa family and the Padron family and and you're going to see a lot more information coming out about this. So please pay attention to those people when they start talking about this on, on social media, because most likely they're going to have ways and we're going to try to, uh, you know, make you guys aware of ways that we as the Sakar community, because like Robert already said, thoughts and prayers are great. And and I'm a praying man myself. And, and for mm-hmm. those of you who are praying people, I encourage you to pray as much as you can about this. But there comes a time that you have to actually put something forward beyond just a prayer. And mm-hmm. if we can see, if, if, if we in the cigar community can come together and share a little bit of what we have to help these people in Central America get through a time that, like Robert said, it's generational for them. But so if a disaster, natural disaster like this happens in the States, you know people it's it's devastating and people are you know there could definitely be loss of life but when it comes to loss of property and things like that in the states we're looking at a, a few months to maybe a year of cleanup if it's if it's ultra severe the the people in central america are, are, are looking at a, a decade or more of 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 these effects being seen through through their families if if people like us in the cigar community don't come together and put something forward to help out. So uh, we're going to, Garrett and I, we're going to keep putting out as much information as we can about ways that we as the cigar community can actually help. And I know Robert's going to do that. I know AJ's going to do that. And I know a lot of other people are going to do that as well. So please over the next few weeks during this busy holiday season, take the time to go on social media and, and find those ways that you can help because uh, it it will be immeasurably more uh, meaningful to somebody in Central America. You know that twenty dollars could be immeasurably more more meaningful to them than it, than it could be to me. Mm-hmm. So let's just try to keep our our thoughts on that
1: and be careful of any of the GoFundmes you see, and make sure that any places that are You know, accepting money for this cause is a legitimate place. This is unfortunately one of those spots where people do tend to start scams. So um, just make sure that your your money is going to the right place and it's it's a vetted and trusted source.
0: Yeah, make sure it's a reliable source. Definitely.
2: Well said. Well said. I I I I mentioned the Red Cross and Esseli just because of our uh, visits there and seeing what what little we've been able to support go right into effect. And again, I think uh, as a, as a developing country like that, they don't have the government resources to come in and do all the cleanup and, you know, provide temporary housing and food vouchers. That, that probably will not happen. If you think you're driving down the side of the road and you're going to a family Thanksgiving dinner, and there's a car on the side of the road that you can just pass by, you know, they're in trouble, but somebody else will stop and help. That is not the case in Nicaragua and Honduras. Somebody else isn't going to do the workforce. You need to stop and render aid because that is the one opportunity you have to change lives and maybe mm-hmm. save lives. And, you know, uh, so I mentioned the Red Cross and I think there'll be other organizations. I'm going to reach out to the, the bigger factories and bigger people that have the resources. And the other side of that is don't assume because Perdomo and Padron and AJ and Rocky and Scandinavian and Drew Estate are also big, they'll handle it. Guys, they're being affected too, and their ability to respond is going to be affected like they've never experienced before because they live there. Their factories are there. Their farms are there. This is going to impact this industry for a long time, from what I've seen. And maybe I'm blowing it out of proportion, but what I saw tonight uh, spoke volumes to me, and it, it it took my breath away for about an hour before this show. And and uh, we, you know, again, I think the media is going to be able to to capture a lot of that imagery and and those stories and, and kind of help direct us all in the right place where our, our support can really, you know, get to the people in a, in, a, in the meantime. And it may be, you know, where we're going to have to help relocate and, and provide, you know, like they're part of our family. Cause that's what they should be. And uh, we won't beleaguer it, but, but I expect that, when I see these type of images that I'm only seeing, you know, 5%, 1%, 2% of what the devastation truly is. Um, but, uh, you know, we say, uh, you know, pictures speak a thousand words where well, they're speaking volumes to me right now. And I think we're going to have to unfortunately share those to, to have a call to action that we're going to need to help, to help, uh, you know, the livelihoods of these people.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, let's, uh, let's shift right now into our uh, our weekly smokabulary word, and let me pull up my images here. And as always, viewers and listeners, smokabulary is brought to you by AJ Fernandez. Born and raised in Cuba, AJ Fernandez now produces unparalleled premium cigars in Esteli, Nicaragua. The day-to-day operations at Tabacalera A.J. Fernandez are managed under the watchful eye of Mr. Fernandez himself in order to ensure superior quality. The A.J. Fernandez portfolio of premium cigars provides blend, strength, and flavor profiles to match the preferences of any premium cigar consumer. Whether it's New World, Diaz de Gloria, San Latino, Enclave, or Bayas Artes, you are sure to be satisfied with a premium cigar from A.J. Fernandez. So... Uh, this week's, uh, this is going a little bit off, uh, you know, cause for the last month or so, the, the vocabulary word has been kind of simple. Uh, this week's a little different. It's not totally weird, but, uh, this week's vocabulary word is trumpet. Mm. And it may not seem like a word that means anything to cigar smokers, but, um, Dizzy
1: Gillespie. Uh, Dizzy
0: Gillespie. It? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's, and I was going to grab one from my humidor before the show started, but I didn't have time. Uh, but in the in the premium cigar world, if you hear the word trumpet, a lot of times that's going to refer to the shape of a cigar. It's a very unique shape that we really don't see very much these days, uh, and it's it's basically a cone shaped cigar that that sort of resembles the bell of a trumpet. Um, and it's uh, the one, a couple that I can think of. Uh, is the uh, the craft series from Roma Craft uh, mm-hmm. from uh, from the last few years? Uh, it's got that really distinct flare where from the from the head of the cigar where you cut it is maybe a, maybe a forty eight ring gauge, and then it it slowly just tapers out evenly in this cone mm-hmm. shape up to about a uh, maybe a sixty four ring gauge. Yep. Um, and then there's also uh, acid. Actually, Drew Estate makes. A, I don't remember which name of the acid it is, but one of the acid cigars has that same cone shape.
1: It is the uh, uh, Big Bottom Betty. Oh, is it? Okay, oh. I think so.
0: Fat Bottom Betty. Yeah,
1: Fat Bottom Betty. Yeah. Yep. So
2: I, I, I think they make a, a, a Papas Fritas in the uh, uh,
0: trumpet as well. Oh, that's right. The uh, the nasty Fritas. Yeah, the nasty freitas. Yeah, yeah. So, and they're they're really rare these days. Mm-hmm. It's it's a shape that I think maybe was more popular back in the 1950s or so.
1: La Florida Minicana made one for many years. Yeah. I haven't seen that one in a while.
0: Yeah. <clears> so, it's a it's a rare cigar shape, but it's kind of fun. Uh, I, I still have some of the uh, the Roma Craft ones from a couple of years ago in my humidor, and uh, it's a fun cigar shape because you when you when you light up a 64 ring gauge. And as you gradually smoke it, it goes down to a 48 ring gauge. It, it's kind of amazing some of the flavor trans, transitions you can get from such a such a drastic change in yeah. ring and gauge. And how they roll that. Yeah, the, with the, the talented talent. rollers that make that those Vitolas is just incredible.
2: Yeah, the, the Roma La Campania, I believe, uh, what an experience. A great cigar, but it, it, what a talented bunch of rollers. But let me even go back 10 or 12 or 15 years ago. To the uh, Romeo uh, Obelisk.
0: Oh yeah, that, that was a that right. was a
2: trumpet, but it was a box press trumpet, and it was a yeah. phenomenal cigar. And when it came out, obviously the the box presentation kind of had it in a in a rounded, you know, yep. display, kind of fanned out. It, it took a lot of shelf space, which I think is ridiculous because we could have put other things. But I used <laughs> to smoke those quite frequently. I'd go into a shop and when I saw them, I was like, you know, that's got to be a hard cigar. To roll, which I probably know more now than I ever knew back in those days, but that was a trumpet, but it was a box pressed obelisk.
0: Yeah, that was such a strange cigar. Yep. But so memorable because it's, yeah, it, it there, I can't remember before or after any cigar uh, that was anything like that. That was a really cool one. Uh, so, yeah, that, that is this week's vocabulary word brought to you by AJ Fernandez. And <clears throat> now it is time for Numero. Numero- De los
1: Muertos. All right. Numero de los Muertos is brought to you by Oveja Oveja Negra Brands. They bring you premium smoking experiences forged from tobacco time and talent. Comprised of Black Label Trading Company, Blackworks Studio, Dissident, and Emilio, Oveja Negra Brands provide smokers uncompromising blends Renowned for their flavor and lasting impression. Oveja Negra, where art and tobacco collide. Join the flock. Visit ovejanegrasigars.com to learn more. All right. All right. Good. Now that so, we
0: did, we We did. We did. Okay. I couldn't. Re- so, so, Robert, last time you were on the show, I couldn't remember if we were doing the segment yet, but we were.
1: And uh so Robert if you remember I give out a number and uh some clues along the way and it's kind of a 20 questions to figure out how 74 people in the US die every year
0: 74 people in the US
1: wow. Now this this particular thing sends about 18,000 people to the emergency room every year but only 74 die
0: Okay um, Am I as well, asking the questions? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're playing 20 questions along with, uh, as always, viewers, you guys watching live on Facebook and YouTube. If you have guesses, leave them in the comments.
1: Quentin, uh, that's that's not correct. So you don't have to worry about that. You'll be fine.
0: I'm concerned that, that, you, answer, that you give that same answer every show. I'm concerned. Right?
1: <laughs> I know. <laughs>
0: well, my
2: first question is, is it, is it in the form of an accident?
1: It is. Okay. Is
2: it, is it in the form of venomation? Of what? A venomation like uh, some some venom associated no, no with venomation. it? No. Okay. No venomation. Okay. So we don't have to worry about critters crawling up. It's cold out here. Nobody's slithering anyway. Um, not piercing.
1: Not falling off a ladder. Not burns. Not turkey frying. It's not deep frying a turkey. No.
0: Is it hunting? Well. Oh. Oh.
1: We're gonna go. We're gonna. John.
0: John might. It sounds oof. like John might have us on the right John's track.
1: Very on the right track.
0: Is it uh,
2: hitting deer? Hitting a deer. Hitting hitting an animal with a vehicle.
1: Nope. I would. Uh, that's really good. I would. uh, I would continue closer to John's hunting.
2: Hunting. Um. Oh. It's not falling from a tree while hunting.
1: No. Okay. So it has I'm to be. Okay, I mean, hunting is a correct answer, but I'm looking for specific hunting, which I
0: almost did once. I almost fell out of a tree stand once.
2: Well, that's uh, why you got to have your safety harness.
0: I forgot. I, <laughs> I, I, climbed back, I climbed back in after lunch and I forgot to clip on. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So that, that taught me. Uh, I've never forgotten since.
2: I've seen me do it, especially on a climbing stand. Um, Okay, uh, so it has to do with hunting.
1: uh, uh, So it's here's another, and I wanted to get to this clue. Um, In 1990, uh, between uh, 91 and 98, um, all of the states made these hunters wear orange. So prior to the 90s, these numbers were in the hundreds every year. After uh, the 90s, it went drastically down.
2: Well, everybody has to wear orange, whether you're deer hunting or bird hunting. Uh, so that has to do with bird hunting?
1: It is a kind of bird. Turkey? It is turkey hunting.
2: Uh, I guess people, maybe they were uh, shot accidentally because they mistook them as a turkey?
1: Correct. Yep. So the the most dangerous and I and uh, before this, I always thought that duck hunting was the most dangerous of hunting. But after looking at uh, uh, DNR reports and uh, CDC numbers, uh, there are more accidents, uh, firearm accidents in turkey hunting than any other kind of hunting in the United States.
2: Well, it makes sense. So ground dwelling animal uh, where you're in a disguise, typically on the ground at elevation equal to with other with with decoys among other things. Bird hunting typically in a in a blind or in a boat, and you're shooting at elevation as they pass over. Unless you're slushing ducks off the water, which you shouldn't be doing anyway. I right. say there's not some dumbasses out there, but uh, you know, For- typically you know turkey hunting, you're you're uh, you're in a ghillie suit. You know, you're you're down there, you got the friggin' decoy, and if somebody hears a rustle in the bushes, they pop it up. And, uh, you know, they probably got a pretty good choke on that thing. So it's patterned out. It's not spreading out too damn much, right? You know, it's, uh, yeah. it makes sense. But, uh, you know, thank goodness for, uh, for hunter orange, saving yep. lives.
1: Most states, yeah. and I want to say there's still, uh, I want to say either three or four states that don't require orange for turkey hunting. But majority of states as of 98 went to orange for turkey you yeah. should
2: check. You should check on Texas. Texas usually has their own set of rules, and I can't imagine a turkey hunter wearing orange in
0: Texas.
1: <laughs> it could be, could be one of them.
0: Yeah, that's that's crazy though. Because well, thank God we don't have ostriches. I guess you know. I mean, <laughs>
2: it, <we'd> have <laughs> we they got bigger peckers. We'd probably have more accidents. You know, you get big peckers <laughs> around. You know, uh, you know. Just
0: saying. <laughs> That's a
1: good point. That is a
0: great point. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love
1: it, Uh, Quentin. If you find me that stat, send it over. No, don't send
0: that stat. (laughs) Don't ever. Please don't send that stat. I do. I do want to bank my other fifteen
2: questions for the next episode, though, so I can have thirty-five in case it's a harder topic.
0: Yeah. Well. Okay. Yeah. Next time.
1: Yeah. Next time. Absolutely.
0: Bank them. That that was a good one. That's uh, that was this week's.
1: Numero de de los muertos. All right. Well, and here's, so I went and I, and I tried to find good data on how many people die from frozen Turkey. And I can't find a solid good source. You mean from frying from, yeah. From deep frying a frozen Turkey. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, tons of, you know, news reports and, you know, some numbers here. But uh, the way that it's uh, really qualified is a is basically a, a a grease fire accident. Yeah. And it's not specific enough. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Maybe look up third degree burns. There's probably more stats on that for turkey fryers. And I tell you oh. what, I've never tried to deep fry a frozen turkey, but even a thought out turkey uh, has its uh, challenges.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I have not, uh, I've, I have not been courageous enough to try the deep fried turkey yet. Maybe I tell you so. what,
2: it's it's a beautiful uh, dining experience if you can get past the, the uh, inherent risks of doing it. You know, the best thing to do is have a neighbor that deep fries turkeys and, tell you know, buy an extra turkey when they, when the future farmers of America or whatever knocks on your door and sells you turkeys or whenever butter balls are on sale in the spring. And, you know, send it over to him thaw it and have him do it and, you know flip him a couple of cigars. You'll be safer yeah. that way. That's yep.
0: that's a tip from Southern Draw.
1: That works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we love it.
0: Alright, so a couple uh, this, this we didn't have yet on the show when you were on last. Um, so we do a little <laughs> lightning round of some non-cigar related questions. So Robert, if you could hear the thoughts of one living person for 10 minutes, who would it be and why?
2: <laughs> well, in, the, in, in an election year, I think uh, I'd like to hear the thoughts of our uh, president-elect. And the reason why is I want to get past partisan politics. I want to get to what's important to this country. There's been a lot of division. And I would really like to hear his internal thoughts, his his true heart, because I would like to convince the partisan side to, uh, given the thoughts, if, if they were clear, concise and uh, honest, you know, I, I'm hoping that uh, that. The, the, the will of the people will be to resolve some of these issues we all have, some of these divisions that we have, and we get on a path of something we can all believe on and in. And I think uh, hearing those thoughts would help me personally uh, get to that point.
0: Yeah. Amen. Yeah, absolutely. All right. If you, if you were about to get into a fight, what would your soundtrack music be?
2: It's quite simple. another one bites
0: of dust. Oh
1: yeah. <laughs> Queen for I the lo- win. I
0: love it. I, that's I, I amazingly enough, I think that's the first
1: time somebody's I given know, that. I know, it is. I agree.
0: That's a perfect Why choice. Why hasn't
1: anyone? Wow. That's
0: a perfect choice.
1: Great choice, Robert.
0: Um I remember actually when I was a kid when my uh when my brother came home from the record store with that record And we put that on the uh, we put that on the turntable, the uh, the cheap like Sears brand turntable, and and wore that thing out with. I mean, we played that record over and over and over again.
1: For millennials, turntable was a record player.
0: For for you young viewers, it's (laughs) it's a big disc of plastic that you put on, and you put a needle on it. Vinyl. It's vinyl. Yeah. It is. Oh yeah. Sorry, vinyl. (laughs) (laughs) So that's that's what uh, (laughs) I. That's what a record is. Uh, just, just think, think Pandora or Spotify. That's... <laughs> <laughs> All right, Robert. If you uh, uh, actually choose, okay, so you have to choose one of the following: you could hit a home run as a starting pitcher, you could score a touchdown as a defensive lineman, or you could score a goal in a hockey game or a soccer game as the goalie.
2: Wow. You know, I know Joe D is watching in Rhode Island Mr. Hockey. That was a logical choice, but I'm gonna say score a touchdown as a defensive lineman. Cause the big boys eat all the snacks, <laughs> work their ass off. Every once in a while, a blind squirrel needs to find a nut. And I tell you what,
0: that would be epic. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh and it's it's so fun when uh when a defensive lineman picks up a fumble or or uh or you know, bats down a pass and and picks it off, and you know, seeing seeing this big lineman, you know, yep. three fifty plus, just holding it in both arms like like he's you know carrying a puppy, just bumbling through everybody. I just I, I love, love it. it. Something about that.
1: Yep. And of course, yeah, Joe did say a hockey goalie. Yes, I, I
2: know. I knew he would say that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: all right so uh let's go to this week's notable smokable um again robert so every week we talk about one cigar that we've smoked recently that was interesting to us it could be a cigar that's brand new to the market it could be something that's been on the market for years that we just smoked again for the first time in, in a long time so uh is there anything uh outside of the southern draw family that you smoked recently that kind of caught your interest
2: um, yeah, actually, you know, not to go back to the, uh, to the, to the, to the will, you know, to my, to my earlier reference, but uh, I did get in on the uh, anniversary of uh, uh, Grand Perfectos from Roma Craft. I was able to acquire 10 of those samplers and I smoked every single one in the first couple of packs and uh, haven't been really specific on smoking uh, two or three different blends from them over the years. I was able to smoke all their core blends in that unique size. And I tell you, uh, thoroughly enjoyed the experience and knowing that it was kind of a limited product out there. But uh, I, would, uh, I would encourage them to uh, put those cigars in that size on the market because I tell you, uh, smoked a lot of Parejos from them. But those Perfectos smoked incredibly well. Uh, in each of those blends and uniquely different that I think anything I'd smoke from them in the traditional sizes of the Aquitaine and the Crow mag that I smoked the most of. So it was a great
0: experience.
1: Nice. Uh, Garrett, what did you have this week? Well, I think you should go because we have the same one.
0: Okay. <laughs> so uh, this past uh, Saturday night, um, I, I had kind of had it with, with uh, quarantine and, and all that stuff. and And I, one of the things that I like a lot is having the guys over to play cards and I missed it so, so much. And finally, I just was, I was sick and tired of not playing cards with the guys anymore. So I invited some guys from uh, our Minnesota Hurf Connection group on Facebook and uh, said, guys, come over, I'll get out the, the poker table and we're going to play some cards. And I was, I was so grateful to have some guys around the card table again that I got an old, a uh, box that I had not opened yet, uh, a box of uh, Arturo Arturo Fuente Añejo number 60s uh, from 2011. Wow. So I cracked that box open and, and passed it around the table. And those, mm. I mean, the, the, the Añejos <laughs> are, it's it's a great cigar. If you haven't had one, find it. Um, and it's, it's a cigar that because it is so intense, it, it ages well. It, it definitely does lose some of its intensity, but what it makes up for as it loses that intensity over the years is this deep, creamy chocolate kind of thing. And it's just so we smoked those those nine year old cigars sitting around, a, you know, playing poker, and just a beautiful cigar.
1: It was ridiculous. <laughs> it was so good. Yep,
0: I I think that.
2: Añejo and somewhere shortly after that when they released the Añejo Eye of the Shark in the uh, charity uh, box. Those were to me the finest cigars that Fuente has ever put on the marketplace for me for for just Mm -hmm. what I smoke the profiles I like uh, and you're right the the age does not hurt those cigars one bit. Um, yep. Matter of fact, they probably again use the term mature. They mature to a point where they're so complex um, that maybe when they were young, they had a little more power and, and sometimes a little overbearing. I think, but uh, those are to me the best cigars they've ever produced. Not to knock all their higher end lines, but I think the uh, the uh, añejo and the añejo shark uh, were the best products I've ever smoked from them.
1: Yeah, and I'm so <clears throat> just a, a shout out to Jesus Santos during this game. I'm sitting I'm sitting on a pocket pair of kings, and uh, we got a king on the board. We're going back and forth. It's just him and I, and he's calling everything, and then finally makes a big raise, and I'm like, this dude's an idiot. So I call his big raise, throws his cards down, and said, straight flush. And <laughs> we look at the board. It's like, dude, that's a royal flush. Yeah. Dude. He royal flushed me.
0: Yeah. So yeah, the dude rears a royal flush and didn't even know it. It was beautiful. It was yeah. a beautiful thing. One I mean, of you guys
2: po- you posted that picture, right? Somebody posted that. Yeah, I yeah. did. Yeah. 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 I saw it and I thought, man, I wish I was betting on that horse right about that hand, but you know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh oh, that was and a good, that uh you was know another shout out to Matt Bagdal, the big winner of the night.
0: Yeah, yeah. He took he took my money and a lot of other people's. Uh, but it was a good time. It was again so good to be back at the card table again. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, guys, we have some great uh, some great shows coming up in uh, uh, in the coming weeks. Um, next week's guest is still to be announced. Uh, but then coming up in uh, coming up in December, uh, we're going to have Matthew Hunt from FQ Cigars on the show. Uh, and this is a big one, uh, mid December. Um, we are, um, we're going to have Danny Vasquez who, you know, was, uh, um, he is, uh, he had just announced the, uh, the big relaunch of, of his brand, uh, the voyage. And it's a very exciting announcement. He, uh, he was gracious enough when I contacted him, said he wanted to come on the show and, and, and talk about his, uh, his his cigar and tell his story. So we're excited for that. Um, and then uh, cl- kind of closing out December, we're going to do something a little different. We are going to do a Cigar of the Year uh, at the very end of December, um, a Cigar of the Year countdown. But we're also going to do something that is a little, a little bit different. Um, and we're going to call it a Year in Review so for christmas last year my wife got me this this beautiful showpiece uh she made sorry this beautiful showpiece uh shadow box with uh with uh, our how about that cigar logo on the front and uh basically it's just a and i've i've been putting my cigar bands that i smoke because where i'm sitting right now this is you know the how about that cigar drew estate studios this is also my home office this is where i work every day and um being Covid and quarantine and all that stuff. I've been smoking a lot more cigars than uh, you know that I usually did. So I finish my cigars and I take the bands and I put them in this box here that my wife made for me. And I don't put every cigar band in there, but most of them I I put in there. And so what what we're kind of going to do is sort of a just an example, and we're going to open up that box and just start going through the bands of of what i've been smoking throughout the year and a lot of them are going to be things that we smoked on the show with guests like robert and other people who were on that um you know the brands that we smoked during during our live shows and then also it's just going to be kind of my everyday smokes that i would smoke throughout the weeks um yeah. during quarantine and i thought it would be kind of an interesting experiment just to open up that kind of go back down the last year and uh, take a trip down memory lane and see what I had been smoking. So uh, we're going to do that year in review show um, uh, probably the week of Christmas. So stay tuned for that. Um, Robert, give us uh give everybody a final shout on where is the best place for us to get all the latest and greatest info on Southern draw cigars.
2: Well, thanks guys. And before I do that, congratulations, brother Danny. Vasquez and his family. I tell you uh, it was a bit of humility to see him you know walk his brand back through some of the FDA challenges and timing and to, to work. And to support the Romacraft growth, the way he did with his family there in Austin, we had the opportunity to spend some dinners and sometimes there at Skip's house with him, and to see him come back. I remember many years ago being a quartermaster in Maryland, where he came to one of my events and supported, and we got to chat. And I hated to see him go, and I know the timing was right for him to do what he did, but I'm anxious to see him come back and how he's going to come back. And I uh, I say congrats to that move to Tampa and whatever. Uh, uh, this path takes him, man. That's going to be great for uh, him and Jesse and the family. So that's uh, that's that's good news. I, I like hearing good news in a down year. Uh, for us, you know, we're active, obviously, on social media. I'm not the best at it. I do it. But, uh, you know, Instagram, Twitter, at SD Cigars, Facebook, Robert Holt, Southern Draw Cigars. And, of course, I think the best uh, uh, information can be found at, at southerndrawcigars.com. The website jonathan does a great job our graphics team he does a great job of sharing our blends and our stories uh our charity lines under the ignite 300 hands uh what the mission is behind those and of course where we also have live links to all of the media outlets so if you do a rating a review a show and you send us the link uh typically those live links will stay there. So when people can come onto our website, click on it, they can see where we've been, what we've done in, in recent years and recent months. And uh, it's a great way to recapture, as you just said, kind of what we've done throughout the year by looking at uh, our interaction with the media over over uh, time. And of course, anybody has questions can send me direct messages through any of those means because I typically will respond to, to those uh, on a daily basis. So thank you so much.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Robert, thank you so much for your time. Uh, This evening, we wish you uh, 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 a peaceful and, uh, uh, you know, family-filled close to 2020. And uh, we hope that 2021 starts out uh, uh, the same way, peaceful and filled with family, and and just gets better from here. Thank you.
2: Well, if it's not peaceful, I got the whipping (laughs) stick, baby. (laughs) Ha-ha! (laughs) We'll take care of those zombies. Hey, listen, you guys be good. Appreciate your time, uh, your support. And uh, I appreciate my little gift here. We're still honored. Uh, We haven't forgotten, you know, Cigar of the Year is a big thing for a little brand. And uh, it just goes to show that, uh, you know, everybody that participated in that got a little piece of it, if you will. So blessings to both your families. And uh, we'll chat with you soon, okay?
1: All All right. right.
0: All All our dear people. Thanks so much for, uh, thanks so much as always for watching and listening. If you have any questions, email either one of us directly from the, the website, HowAboutThatCigar.com. Follow us on social media at HBTCigar. And until we see you guys next time, as always, burn cigars.
1: Not bridges. See you guys. Thanks, thanks. guys.